Well, Jordan and Julia Kay are the co-founders of Great Rap. They're reimagining today's materials to solve tomorrow's problems. Their former careers in winemaking and architecture, respectively, led them to Great Rap when they recognised the sheer impact plastic waste was having on the land. There was a materials revolution around us and everything was changing rapidly, yet plastic stayed the same. Julia says, we knew the technology existed to end plastic waste, but there weren't any products available. So we invented the products we knew the world was missing. We are makers by trade, so manufacturing our own products was the obvious route for us to take. We're driven by impact, fueled by demand, and have a 10-year vision for a world where plastic doesn't exist. Well, these innovators are pretty extraordinary and uh, really on the track to be quite a global sensation in terms of transforming the plastic waste issue. But it's interesting to speak to Julia because she's also on the board of the World Literacy Foundation, which is a critical role to play. And in fact has also been awarded the Young Citizen of the Year in 2022. Well, I'm thrilled to welcome Julia Kay to the Beyond Words Global Literacy Podcast. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Pleasure. Well, you know, there's so much for us to unpack because you work in a number of spaces, but I suppose the common theme that I would identify is that you have a strong sense of social impact and where possible, you are doing what you can to improve people's lives and the planet. So let's let's start with, you're on the World Literacy Foundation board. Can you talk to me a little bit about that and how you got involved and why that is something that you have a passion for? Yeah, look, I mean, um, I got involved with the World Literacy uh, Foundation Board about two years ago. Um, and really, I think for me, I've always been passionate about, you know, education for myself. It's been a real, uh, I guess, enabler of allowing me to kind of, you know, go forward and make the change I want to see in the world happen. Um, you know, my mum was a primary school teacher. So from a very young mm. age, I've been, you know, the importance of like, sitting down and reading a book has been, I guess, very heavily <laughs> ingrained into how I was raised. So when the opportunity arose to be a part of the board, I was really excited because, you know, obviously I think it's something that everyone should have the right to. So, uh, yeah, it's been it's been great and I'm looking forward to the future. Like I say, two years, but um, hopefully a lot, a lot more. <laughs> a lot more yeah. Well, there's so much work to be done in that space. And um, similarly, I've come on in the last year or two and, uh, you know, doing the podcast and I'm just blown away by the work that the board and the Literacy Foundation is doing globally. It's really, I mean, it's it's really quite mind-blowing, but there is a lot to do and it's it's wonderful that you're involved. Let's talk about what your core business is, which is really quite extraordinary and very innovative. So it's called Great Rap. And obviously, it's a demonstration of your commitment, you and your husband's commitment as co-founders to really eliminating plastic and as waste as soon as possible. And you're saying hopefully within the decade. But talk to me a little bit about how the business started, because it really is the coalface, literally cutting edge of the elimination mm -hmm. of plastic. So innovative. I love this story. So t tell our listeners. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, look, Jordi and I, um, yeah, we we met in 2019 and very shortly after registered the business name Great Rap. Um, and, you know, we, I should say, you know, fell in love before doing that as well. So that was a nice, um, nice bonus. 
<laughs> nice bonus. Um, yeah. But we also, I guess, realised we had this mutual, I guess, passion for uh, the environment around us. We were both, um, I guess, very connected to materials in a sense. Um, I was working in architecture, um, focused heavily on low-embodied carbon buildings and really looking into the materials that I was using. Um, and Geordie was making wine and farming organically. So we were both, I guess, already <laughs> fairly values aligned there. And um, it, it's sort of, you know, 2019, pre-COVID, there was like this feeling of impending doom that we both had and like, it felt like we had amazing skill sets, but we probably weren't using them to the best of our ability. Like we felt like the world was burning and we should be using our skills to do that rather than what we were doing. That was kind of, I guess, the undertones. And then palette wrap um, as a product was something that we both used every day. Um, you know, Geordie shipping pallets of wine around the world and for myself, you know, seeing, you know, the most sustainable timber I could find arrive on site then to be wrapped in this petroleum-based plastic, it just sort of um, didn't connect. And we were really, we were just having a conversation about that as a product and kind of realised that in the plastic space, it's probably, you know, the largest addressable sector of plastic. Um, mm. You know, often there's, you know, we we think of cutlery and straws, which are really important, but from just a, a, a scale perspective, I think it's like 30 million tonnes of you know, strap traps are going into landfill annually. So we really it's decided. It's an extraordinary figure, isn't it? I mean, really. Yeah, it's shocking. It's shocking. So, yeah, with, with all that in mind, we're like, look, this is our this is our product. If we could just, um, you know, use better materials and make a product that could break down, we could really shift the needle on, on plastic waste. And so, yeah, that was the idea. Um, we partnered with Monash University to develop the technology, uh, and then I guess, you know, secondary to the sort of palette wrap piece, we we realised that there was, a, I guess, a consumer shift that had to happen um, and we needed to, to, I guess, build a tool that we could talk to a community with and develop a strong brand around compostables. And so that was when we decided to do the great wrap for home, just knowing that everyone has a kitchen and can touch and feel, I guess, you know, a future material was really exciting for us. And so... That's kind of, I guess, how it started. But, um, yeah, we've um, come a long way since then. We've got a crazy big factory and we're manufacturing products ourselves now and dealing with big customers. So it's been a really exciting journey. Well, you know, I mean, everybody that I speak to says that you are really the next big thing in terms of transition and change. And, you know, I know you You obviously, um, you, went, you won Young Citizen of the Year in 2022, which is interesting because really you're young, energised and focused on a better future for all, but it takes a lot of logistics, doesn't it, and a lot of energy and a lot of talking to people and relationships to get you where you're going and what you've created, is it three years? How long has it been going since? Two th in the last few years is pretty, pretty uh, huge. What, what have you found the greatest challenges? Have you had resonance from corporations and companies who can see what you're putting on site? Yeah, I mean, oh, greatest challenges. Yeah, I, I think definitely, you know, consumer sentiment hasn't been a challenge. I think there are a lot of all, you know, all of the big brands have made commitments to have all of their packaging to be recyclable and compostable by, you know, 2030. And really, you know, there's <laughs> they're a long way from getting there. So they haven't needed convincing um, at all. And I think, 
in general, the industry has been really um, collaborative and sharing of knowledge. But honestly, I think just the the hardest challenge has been to, you know, set up a, a brick and mortar manufacturing facility when mm. I haven't done it before. Less so in terms of like it's hard to do. It's more just I think our understanding of how long it would take. Um, I think, you know, I know it sounds like not a long time, but I think we thought we'd be further ahead. So I think that's like challenging, just managing your own expectations and mm. um, essentially how the, how the world works. Well, that's right. And to be honest, I mean, that's probably more common, that experience, than any for particularly in a startup situation, which you're, you're well really entrenched beyond the startup phase because you've got good funding and support on board. Is it something that you are confident is going to really change because you're seeing it? I mean, you're you're dealing with the companies, you're dealing with the corporations, and you're dealing with the consumer. Are you seeing that change implemented? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, you know, sort of can't say <laughs> can't say names, but uh, you know, we were over in the US with a, a large retailer recently and uh, a really large retailer actually. And they're sort of, you know, pushing this through at the fastest rate possible um, because they're really excited and they want to roll this out across the country. And it, yeah, the appetite is there. Like I think it will happen. I think obviously there's, you know, some minor hurdles like getting the waste infrastructure system sorted and things like that, which we're working on with, with obviously other, you know, there are other startups in our space that we've kind of banded together with on that. But yeah, Mm. I definitely, yeah, I do think we'll get there. I think often, um, you know, when you're outside the space um, and you're just reading the news, it's easy to get negative um, about yeah. the future. But, yeah, I think I, I'm really privileged to be exposed to some amazing people doing a lot of a lot of hard work, and I really I do think we'll get there. Also, there's been recent rulings in Australia which have, you know, with a view to eliminating, you know, the, the issue of plastics, and so... It sort of comes at a good time. I mean, you're certainly, I mean, the governments are stepping up. So do you feel like you're getting that sort of government support and and they're driving that change? Yeah. And private companies? Definitely. Um, yeah, private companies most definitely. I think the government is there as well. I think there's a strong focus on, you know, recycling infrastructure, which I think is really critical. Um, you know, the way I see what we're doing is, um, it, there's two parts to the plastic problem, right? There's everything that's ever been created <laughs> up until the now. Waste, yeah. yeah. That we need to be recycling and um, uh, doing something there. And then there's, you know, those plastic products that we we can't do without need to have a solution like ours. So, yeah, I think I think action's happening. I mean, I, always I would love it to be faster, but I think that's my personality. <laughs> well, lucky that it is because in a sense it's people like you that drive change. You're a young woman and, you know, you're in a, a strong leadership role both in the company but also being on the board at the Literacy Foundation. What are some of the the themes that you've observed that are similar in terms of the drive for social change and impact? Because they're not dissimilar even though they're different issues they're not unrelated, are they? They can actually have similar themes of governance and um, impact and leadership what, and strategy. What, what's your thoughts around that and what's your experience in that regard? Yeah, I think that's a good, it's a good question and probably I could talk about it for a while, but I think, you know, the, the biggest commonality for both areas of my work is the focus and I guess constant challenge to ensure the right 
people are in the room to be having the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously I have my perspective and um, but it's important that there are, you know, a, a diverse range of perspectives that can really understand the problem um, in a boots on the ground kind of way. Um, and also, you know, at a high level as well. So it's really critical to, I guess, have have that. And I think that's something that, you know, at Great Rap, we've got a fairly new sort of board and something that we're working towards and something that um, WLF does well. Um, so I think, because I think that's really how you, how you, you can drive change if you've got that real deep understanding and then the strategy. And the right people, because I think your point's really valid because you can have you know, the infrastructure, the strategy, but if you don't have the right people driving that, yeah. then it becomes just frustrating and you hit a wall and, you, you know. So I think that, and World Literacy Foundation have been doing that for a long time. So obviously they've got, um, I suppose, a track record, but also something that you can learn from to apply to Great Rap and moving forward to whatever it is that you implement. Yeah, without a doubt. No, it's a real privilege to be able to um, see the inner workings of World Literacy Foundation because I've I've learned a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I'm learning a lot every time I interview people for the podcast. I'm just really um, engaged and educated by what people are doing in that space and certainly what you're doing in your space. Do you think that you see there is an alignment between your generation and the the awareness of how they have to take responsibility for their future in both regards in literacy and the environmental space do you think that they're they're more informed and educated and driven than the previous generations oh without a doubt and the generation uh below me you know I'm I'm 30 um (laughs) and I was chatting to um an amazing um amazing woman I met uh, a week ago and she's you know 19 and already is like heavily involved in um environmental activism and um just like so so well informed and it yeah it really is that intersectional intersectionality approach of like you know we can't like in a lot of spaces like caring for the environment can come from a position of privilege if if you're not um hands on and doing the groundwork is that what you're saying yeah well you know if like yeah it it, you need to have everyone sort of having access to literacy and that education piece so that we can work on yeah the the climate piece as well I think they all feed into each other and my generation's doing really well but I'm so excited for people younger than me because they're just so inspiring it's it's insane it is insane. I would agree with you. Um, and and very um, informed and educated, which goes to literacy because a lot of them are just, you know, researching and and in a, in a sense equipping themselves for the future, much more than even my generation, you know, which is back a few steps. We, we certainly were informed, but I feel like your generations are, are much more almost actionary, like you're reactionary. You're actually saying we need to take action. We're not going to let this just bubble away and not be responsible for our future. The other thing I was going to ask you is you have this really interesting part to your business called The Great Lab, and I was reading about that. Can you talk to me about that? Because that's an example of what the inner workings are of what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So Great Lab's really critical to what we do (laughs) at Great Rap. So I guess the whole approach we've taken to the business and improving the materials is we've taken like a good, better, best 
approach. So with you know the, the product we're making now, it's it's really a big improvement uh, on plastic. But there is a future state which we believe is is the best and like the final solution to to plastic. And the Great Lab really owns owns that research and and drives that alongside running, I guess, uh, you know. A business that's functioning. So what they're currently working on at the moment is developing PHA, which is, um, you know, well, I won't go too technical on this because this is a, <laughs> it's a whole nother podcast yeah. in itself. But PHA is really, um, you know, it's the silver bullet of packaging. It's, it's not only a home compostable uh, polymer, but it's also marine degradable as well. So that means if it ends up in an ocean environment in a terrible <laughs> event, it will also break down. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's a naturally occurring plastic essentially. So, you know, we take uh, starch or another feedstock and feed that to a bacteria and that bacteria eats the feedstock and essentially stores it's like how an animal stores fat or mammals store fat within their cell wall. And that fat is actually uh, a really, you know, strong alternative for plastic. So Great Lab's work is about bringing that to commercial scale. And that's really where we're heading next um, to be completely vertically integrated and um, manufacturing the PHA ourselves for the that, extrusion. And that's why you've got them. They're working internally or externally? They're, or you're working in partnership? Or are they internal? Yeah, it's it's a combination. So we have um, Dr. Marty, who's our amazing yeah. um, chemist in house, and then uh, we've got Edward Adambra. He's doing his PhD with us, based at Monash, and then we have partners at um, the University of Ghent and uh, another sort of um, yeah um, BBU. They're a pilot plant facility in Belgium that helps to scale up the tech. So it really is a a collaboration across a lot of research <laughs> yeah. partners, um, which is yeah, it's a, it's a it's an amazing group of people, and we've really spent the time to kind of find the experts in the field and bring them together for the project. And how hard was that? Was that difficult? And did Monash and various universities assist with that? trajectory because that's quite challenging isn't it to get all of those different elements but they're they're the ducks in a row that you need to get the product made in effect yeah look I think um it was a real evolution you know like the conversation started with Monash and then there was sort of a missing piece of the puzzle that we needed solved and we're like okay who's the experts in this specific part of the research and we found Mm -hmm. that um we've kind of constantly been adding those partners to the team so yeah it it wasn't it wasn't necessarily hard but it it was probably a time-consuming process but Mm -hmm. like you said it it was really about just having conversations with a lot of researchers reading a lot of papers reaching out to the authors and kind of building on that so you were pretty brave to jump from your profession as was um Geordie um, do you are you now happy with the the journey? It must have been a bit scary to do that initially and go, oh, I'm just going to um, like jump into this. Was that quite challenging to do? Yeah, uh, yeah, yes, yes and no. I think I was really excited about it. I think a lot of my friends were like, Julia, you're crazy. You've spent six years studying architecture and yeah. you've got a, a really great career. Like, what are you what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I think when it was the early days and we were just talking about cling wrap, they were sort of like, it doesn't seem to add up. But um, 
the process has been really rewarding. Like I've just learned so much about, you know, not only the tech, but like how to run a business and, you know, how funding works and how governments operate. And, um, you know, if I do ever go back to architecture, I would just be so um, more informed. Informed. Yeah. Yeah. It's been amazing. Like Jordi and I are learning at just an incredible rate every day and I love that. I think that's really important too, though, for people to, to hear because it shows that you can pivot and you can find things that that you're passionate about along your journey. And even though your degree, you know, I think that's one thing your generation and the next generation is doing as well, really well. You're not sort of like, I'm an architect and that's all not that there's, it's amazing to be an architect, but what you're saying is take your skill set and you can apply it in different ways. And in that sense, that is where your generation is adapting, I think, much more. It's not so linear. It's much more lateral. And I think that's a great thing. I certainly encourage it for my my children and I see it everywhere, you know, and I think that what you're doing is a wonderful example of that. And from that perspective, it's 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 a leadership role that you're showing. You can take your degree and you can apply it to something you're really passionate about. It doesn't have to be straight. It can be left or right. Totally. Big zigzag, if you like. <laughs> Big zigzag. Oh, we love a zigzag. Well, on that note, Julie, I would love to um, thank you because you really have informed us a lot about what you're doing but also about this exciting new project and I feel that there's a lot to be learned but you certainly are a very good example of what you can do when you've got a passion and good luck with everything I can't wait to see the next phase of your journey thank you so much Um, I've loved having a chat about everything me too and we'll touch base again soon I hope sounds like you've got lots of news happening Definitely. <laughs> Enjoy your your trip. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, Good luck. Yeah, you too. Great well. to meet you finally. Um, yeah, me too. I'm sure I'll see you hopefully at one of the meetings. And um, very excited to see what's happening in both spaces. World Literacy certainly has got some very exciting things happening up ahead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Um, yeah, super exciting to see. I think I'm going to meet someone in Brussels um, connected to one of the campaigns they're putting out. So that should be great. Oh, that's great. And are you going to, you, are you going to be in New York as well? You're not sure um, yet at the task not force? Sure yet. Not sure yet. I was there last year. Um, that's right. You were part of the first, um, I was speaking to, to one of the members, they were saying you're part of the first task force last year and now they're going back again in September, which I'm hoping I'll be able to join as well. It's so exciting. Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I I would just have to see where we're at with the business. Yeah, of course, you can't do it all. but Yeah, but um, no, it was really good. And I obviously will try and be there if I can, but you'll definitely love it. It's really inspiring and exciting. Well, I think what they're doing there and bringing it to the UN and, and getting the traction globally is quite extraordinary, actually. Mm, yeah, it's crazy. Well, anyway, lovely to chat and good luck and we'll touch base again soon. Awesome. Thanks so much, Deb. Okay. Bye, Julia. Bye. Well, at the World Literacy Foundation, we believe in literacy as the foundation of lifelong learning and education. People who cannot read or write experience difficulties with simple everyday tasks such as reading the label of a medicine bottle, filling in a job application or understanding a traffic sign. 
When we help someone to acquire literacy skills, we're empowering them to access to better opportunities in life to break the poverty cycle. It's a global organization in Africa, Latin America, the United States, the United Kingdom, and in Australia. The World Literacy Foundation is on a mission to ensure that every child, regardless of geographic location, has the opportunity to acquire literacy skills and books to reach their full potential. We're striving to eradicate illiteracy by 2040. Reading and writing should just be a basic right, not a privilege. So please, if you're interested, head to our website at the World Literacy Foundation to see what is happening globally, this extraordinary organisation, when we realise that there are 750 million people who cannot read and write. So see if you can contribute and make a difference. 